What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Fantasy Unleashed. Josh Selway here doing another edition of Into the Galaxy Bun. This week, I'm going to focus on the Saturday games. We have two games on Saturday, and it's a beautiful thing when the NFL is on Saturdays. So I'm going to focus on that. Didn't have as much time to focus on the main slate this week. That's why I'm doing that. We've been trying to ramp up some more videos. I've been writing some articles now, looking to uh, you know, get some different types of content out there. We got the creative juices flowing now. And that spigot isn't getting turned off anytime soon, so we're excited about that. But that meant for this week, uh, you know, not as in-depth for the Galaxy Bun, but we're still hyper-focused on this Saturday slate. So if you're looking to maybe bet those games, play some DraftKings for Saturday, or if you're just interested in fantasy overall on these for these two games, you should enjoy this podcast. Also, best ball. Heading into the best ball playoffs now. And for me personally, I had a 12% advance rate. Not very good, I guess. I don't remember what the typical one is, between 15% or so. But personally, I'm kind of happy with that because my running backs, I do very light running backs, and I had a ton of Trey Sermon, a ton of guys I don't even want to admit to, but I got a 12% advance rate in there. We got some teams in there. We got some solid shots here for these tourneys, so I'm going to be tracking that closely over the next few weeks. And, of course, that just gets us more fired up for best ball once the NFL season is over. As soon as it's done, as soon as those first lobbies open up, we're going to be in there and we will be doing podcasts on best ball for the next NFL season. But let's get back to the here and now. Let's talk some football. Let's think about some things. All right, so the first game on the Saturday slate, we have the Vegas Raiders going to play Cleveland. In Cleveland, the Browns are now a one-point underdog with a 38.5-point over-under. There is going to be rain in this game, 90% chance of rain on Saturday in Cleveland. That's according to weather.com, so it's official. This game, though, the Browns started out as five-point favorites, They are now underdogs. The total dropped by almost six points. And, of course, this is all due to the COVID spread in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry out. Hooper out. Baker Mayfield. I think these are all basically guaranteed that they're out. Maybe not official yet. I don't know the vaccination status of all these guys. But then there's also Jedrick Willis. We got Wyatt Teller. Head coach Kevin Stefanski. Troy Hill on the defense. And then the Browns still have uh, their other the rookie corner. Newsom is out. Kareem Hunt's going to be out. Then where it gets interesting is that we have David Njoku. Questionable right now. Some are expecting him back for the game. Harrison Bryant, the other tight end they have, is supposed to be back for this game as well. And something else I want to keep tabs on, I'll follow up on this in a second, but Anthony Schwartz, the rookie speedster wide receiver, there's a chance he gets cleared for this Saturday game, and they would need him as well. So this means for Cleveland... Case Keenum will be starting. He didn't do anything in the last start. That was the game that Dearness Johnson went off and made a name for himself in prime time. But Case Keenum, you would expect him to be prepared for this game. He's one of those backups people trust. And some may even argue not a big drop-off from Baker. So they'll have Case Keenum in there. And on the other side of the ball for Vegas, they're coming off this game where they got wrecked by the Chiefs. They had five turnovers. And this is something we've talked about with Vegas is that their their offense is completely depleted. They don't have any real weapons. Darren Waller seems like he's going to be out 
once again, leaving the door wide open for Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, the best player in the history of the NFL. Now, I was digging in here. The Browns' defense has actually been very good at covering the middle of the field, both long and short passing. This is according to a top-secret source that we under we uncovered during the offseason. Don't worry about it. But at the same time, I'm reading that Cleveland still does not know exactly who their slot corner is going to be. They have those injuries in the secondary. So just from the fact that Vegas has no other weapons, you would expect Renfro, who is the highest-priced wide receiver on this slate, deservedly so, he can still find a way to get it done just through sheer volume here and potentially to a depleted Cleveland defense. On the other side of the ball here, as I said, the Browns are going to be missing two more offensive linemen. Of course, this, this comes after they lost Jack Conklin previously. However, they still do have Joel Botino, who is the second highest graded guard in the entire NFL, according to PFF. And what I want to point out here is that Runs behind the left guard have been Vegas's biggest weak spot in the run game. They're giving up almost five yards a carry when offenses run behind their left guards. So this plays exactly into the Browns' strength coming into this game. And this, again, is according to our top secret source that you don't need to worry about. So a few salaries to point out here. We have Case Keenum, first of all, is the cheapest starting quarterback on this two-game slate. He's $4,800. That is $600 cheaper than Mac Jones. So then if you were looking to stack him, we have Donovan Peoples-Jones here at 4500 And then for these punt tight ends, since Hooper is out, and Joku is going to be popular if he comes back because he's only 2800 and Harrison Bryant is only 2500 Last game Harrison Bryant played, he caught all three of his targets for 50 yards. On Vegas' side of the ball, wide receiver here, I want to note that Zay Jones is $100 cheaper than Deshaun Jackson. Last three games, Zay Jones has seen seven, five, and seven targets, and he saw 80% snaps the past two weeks. So obviously one of the juiciest plays for DFS on this slate is Nick Chubb. He's at $7,800. Besides Jonathan Taylor, who's $1,400 more, Nick Chubb, the most explosive skill guy on this slate. No offense, Hunter. So it'll be interesting to try to build lineups with him and JT, which shouldn't be too difficult because there's virtually no spend-up spots on this slate, and there's good good uh, punt options here. Like I said, Harrison Bryant, and even if you want to do a Zay Jones or get real ballsy and go Brian Edwards, but there's nothing to really suggest going to Brian Edwards here. He's only seen nine total targets over his last four games. The last play I would mention here is just Brown's defense. They will likely be very popular, if not the most popular play on the slate, just because they have Miles Garrett. You saw what the Chiefs defense did to the Vegas Raiders last week. So having Miles Garrett out there, they still have a great defensive line overall. They could get pressure on the on the Raiders offense, which, as I said, very depleted on the offensive side of the ball right now. So then we have New England going to Indy. And the Colts are a two-point favorite at home in this game with a 46-point over-under. I'm going to bet the Patriots. Well, I would bet the Patriots if I could bet, but I can't bet because DeWine's still dragging his feet. But I would bet the Patriots. This isn't a sharp bet. I don't have an edge here. I'm just going to take Bill Belichick and the Patriots on the road against the Colts, against Carson Wentz. I would just take the Pats money line plus 120. The Patriots are on a seven-game win streak. They've covered in every one of those games. They're coming into this game with Damian Harris questionable, so keep an eye on that. I don't think it's too serious, but obviously if he's out, Ramondre Stevenson will be very popular, as well as Brandon Bolden. On the other side of the ball, because the key to this game is can the Colts get Jonathan Taylor going? And to what lengths does Bill Belichick go to to stop Jonathan Taylor 
not just the best off- offensive weapons for the Colts, but maybe in the entire league. Because we just saw the Titans a couple weeks ago, a few weeks back, run all over the Patriots, which really stood out to me. They ran for over 270 yards. The Patriots allowed 270 yards to the Titans on the ground. So the Colts have pounded everyone on the ground. I don't know even if Bill has something up his sleeve. Doesn't matter against this rushing attack. My top secret source here points out that the Patriots are actually weak when teams run to the left side of the line, and the Colts are amazing at running to the left side. They're, they're amazing at running any direction, any which way, really. But especially to the left, they could do some damage against Patriots. So a clear strength on weakness here, at least as that is concerned. I don't know if the Patriots can stop Jonathan Taylor. I don't think they can. But what I think they can do is when the Colts don't run the ball, they can force Carson Wentz into mistakes. Because I can kind of get a Sam Darnold vibe here from Carson Wentz. I could see him on the sideline saying he's seeing ghosts against the Patriots defense. Admittedly, this Patriots passing defense hasn't been put in very many tough situations this year. They played the Buccaneers, who they held under fewer than 300 passing yards. They did get torched by the Cowboys in that game. The Cowboys had almost 600 yards of total offense, over 400 yards passing. But then against the Chargers, they held... Uh, they had the Chargers to only 206 passing yards. The, the Chargers did run for 163 rushing yards, so that's where the Chargers found success against the Patriots. But other than that, I mean, over just the past five games, the Patriots haven't allowed more than 162 passing yards to any of these opponents. But maybe the best passing team they faced in that range was the Falcons at Atlanta, which that's not saying a lot. Obviously, they played the Bills before the bye, but that was in the blizzard. I still like New England's chances if Carson Wentz has to throw. I think New England could create a lot of turnovers and make Carson Wentz make mistakes. He's been good with the ball in his hands for the most part this year, but I still don't trust him. I've seen too much. I've seen him do some dumb things, and I think New England's defense could force his hand Saturday, and that's where they could have success. Otherwise, I do think Jonathan Jonathan Taylor has success against him on the ground. So the New England defense will need to make plays. Now, some other notes here. Hunter Henry will likely be the most popular tight end option, or at least just the best overall play at 4,200. But I do want to point out that Jonu is only 3K. He did play 76% of snaps against Buffalo in the last game, but that was probably a game plan specific type thing since they were running so much. They used him at running back a little bit. And for the Colts, Jack Doyle just popped up as questionable. This could put Mo Alley-Cox in play. He's only 2,400, which... I thought the cutoff at tight end was 2,500. I guess you go to 24. So some people might go to him. I don't think that'll be necessary in this in this spot, but it's always fun to play the cock monster. So maybe people will go there. All right, you ugly sons of bitches. I'm going to leave it there. I really hope you guys enjoy this Saturday in the NFL. Make some lineups. Waste some money. Enjoy your life. Live your life. Pay attention for the DFS pod coming out this weekend with Beaver and Cash. Check out the YouTube page and all that crap as well. Again, we're starting to have some fun. Follow us for that. Follow us for a good time. That's it. That's all I got. Let's get the hell out of here. You!